I don't know how many Twitter followers we've got, but the sad news is we've got a lot of work to do because Arsenal scored three goals on the weekend. Yeah. They also won against Tottenham. They looked good, and man. They looked, that, mate, they looked amazing. They looked good. We've they been looked- hanging shit on them for weeks and they looked, yeah. they looked good. Oh, I was good. impressed. I was more than impressed. I thought um, Odegaard played amazing. I felt like he's, he, he just felt really comfortable in that position. Saka, Smith Rowe, all of them. Um, mm. Really strange though, hey? I mean, we've been ripping into him this whole time and, and then that performance comes out of nowhere. So, And in like, were they 3-0 up in 35 minutes? Yeah, something like, like that. Like that's a North London derby, right? You're going to you just step up and just tear him to shreds in 30 minutes. Tottenham didn't know what hit him. I'm waiting for Scotty to erupt into laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, did you guys watch the same game I did? Yeah, hang on, hang on. Let me me just interject for a second, right? Did did you guys see how badly Tottenham were? Tottenham did not defend at all. It's as if they lined up, and just before they ran out, um, their manager came out. What's his name? Espirito Santo. Uh, you know. He goes, hey, hey, defenders, guys, no, 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 no. You don't need to play today. Just just come back into the tunnel. It's all good. No and doubt, they, no doubt. But, I mean, you can't take away – look, we've got to be real, right? We yeah. can't take away – Arsenal still put three up – put three put, put three past them in 35 minutes, uh-huh. and they exploited Tottenham's weaknesses, which I've... Arsenal a few weeks back probably wouldn't have even done that. I'm, right? I'm as impressed by that performance as I was when they beat West Brom 6-0. When, they, when <laughs> did they beat West Brom 6-0? I don't know. They got the B team of West Brom in the EFL Cup and won 6-0 after Wait, game week that, two. Was that, was that this, this season, right? That was, yeah, that yeah it was three, that was three weeks five. ago. 5-0. It was a 5-0, was it? Sorry. Hey, don't it give was them plenty. an extra goal. I know we feel sorry for him, Scotty, but that's a bit harsh. Well, so Harry, you're saying... We've got six Twitter followers, so we're still winning. And hey, I think I that's imagine, all that matters. Imagine they've actually scored six goals, not five. And <laughs> the people listening to this program actually get the shit so bad, they jump on Twitter and abuse us, which, you know, all publicity is good for us because we, we'd we love to get more followers online right now. So, do you, want me to really up, do you want me to really upset them, Harry? Go on. What do you call 100 Arsenal fans at the bottom of a cliff? <laughs> a what? miracle. A good start. A good start. <laughs> Do you know what? I should be prepared for this. Year. I read so many bad Arsenal jokes online the other day. Oh, mate, the internet is a very dark place, like I said last time. Um, let's try and be a little bit serious. Is this the turning point? Are they like, you know, can they can they resurrect their season now? Do you think that they're, that they're on the way up? You asked me that question in jest when they beat Norwich 1-0. I don't know if you remember that, Harry. Um, I said no then, and I'm sticking with no. I still don't see him finishing in the top 10. You know, Top Norwich 10, was... top ten, Scotty. Wait, what? Top 10. Top I'll, 10. I'll, I'll name 10 teams that will finish above them whenever you want me to. Nah, really? I have a serious economic question, Scott, right? The industry I work in is having a crisis in terms of supplies getting into this country with with timber shortages and a range of things. How's the drug trade looking? Because you sound (laughs) as high as a car. Okay, wait, wait. Hear me, me Yatty. Will they finish above Manchester United? No. No. Chelsea? No. No. Liverpool? No. No. Man City? No. No. Aston Villa? Yes. Yes. I don't think so. Okay, but okay, we'll take them out. So I'm going to go four. Harry, will they finish above Brentford? No, no, absolutely zero chance. No chance. Planet, Will they finish above Everton? Maybe. No. Ooh. Oh, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. Will they finish above Leicester? No. No way. 
I've I've already rattled off half the teams I have to. They won't finish above West Ham either. West Ham look West Ham look iffy though, mate. They they do, but they look better than Arsenal. I don't I know. West Ham will turn around January. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have we we got a we got a bit excited about how bad they I, were. I, I, I think we were harsh on them. I, I do think we were harsh on them. And Ooh, in Arsenal. fairness, they probably deserved it. They do deserve right? it. That that yeah. being said, yeah, I, I don't think three three performances, two of them were one nil against very poor teams. Burnley did not show up, and Norwich, everyone has in in the relegation yeah, at the end of the year. Yeah. One nil against Norwich, that's not a performance. That's Nor- that shouldn't be three points. That <laughs> you should lose a point for only beating Norwich one nil. I, I would say the the pick of the the lot would be the Burnley game because that's the one we expected to be a lot more tighter. The Arsenal, you know, the the Spurs game. Spurs have looked awful for three weeks now, and and that defense was. I, I'm just trying to think of a, of a worse defensive performance I've seen this season. That but it's not just it's not just defense. They've got the midfield has disappeared. Yeah, right? we, and we spoke about that. I, I think there. that's their biggest issue is their midfield. Hundred percent. There is there is no midfield, you know. And we we talked about that last week. They don't have a midfield at all. But you would expect at at least at the bare minimum that they're able to hold that sort of back four line and do something with the ball, but. But I mean, like, Nuno's like, Nuno's got a big challenge there, right? Because yeah. he, you know, that's the North London derby, and it, you know what it's meant to fans. You know all of the uproar they had in the preseason. You, you've got to go in there against an Arsenal team that Scotty thinks they're going to get relegated, and you've got to perform. And yeah. they just, yeah. that, you know, in, within thirty five minutes, they isn't, weren't even there. They didn't even get off the bus. Isn't it crazy? In like the space of six weeks, you go from you know taking the head off the champion City to to this. In, you know, and I think they beat slope. City at home, didn't they? They beat them at um, was that in London or in Manchester? Uh, I can't. I, 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 don't I, I, I may have been in London. They've both got very. Similar no, no, it was that was that Manchester? Like, I think, mate. I think, Game yeah, one was that one. Was, there, was, that was there was there fan, was there fans there? Yeah. You know what, Viv, I think from now on we'll make it official. You do the jokes on the program. Because oh, my pleasure. You're, in, you're entertaining. If it's, at, if it's at the expense of Man City, you know, we can we can do three-hour episodes if you want. But speaking of City, boys, did Pep outdo Tuchel or what with the press? He pressed uh, – sorry, Scotty, but the press, yeah, yeah, mate yeah. – the yeah, brainer, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm about to come back on you, so it's, it's okay. Well, we, we can talk about United for later. We can talk, <laughs> we can talk about Chelsea losing because we're going to talk about United later. Before Scott get, gets into his whole, you know, defensive midfield strategy, um, <laughs> if Pep did, I expected Pep to do that in the in the Champions League final. You know, I, I thought mm. it was an absolute no brainer that he'd go out into the Champions League final, he'd put some hardcore pressure on him, and win that game comfortably. And he didn't do that, and. We saw what happens when you put that level of pressure on them um, over the weekend. Mate, they were 100% outclassed. And that's, you know, for, for me watching Chelsea this season, I've been raving about how great they've been. Me too. You know, we've, now we've, we've found the chink in their armour to some extent. So, mate, world class by, by Manchester City and Pep right. in particular. So I want Scotty's ahead, take. Everybody. What's Scotty's for, take? For, for the guys who just watched the highlights in here with me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how it actually was, right? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the whole game, so I'm ready. <laughs> mate, for, for I reckon the first 20 minutes, uh, Chelsea looked all right. We, we didn't look horrible. They were pressing hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the, pre- the press wasn't getting great through our midfield. We weren't dealing with it. And the reason for that is because we played three midfielders like that. We didn't play any tens. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look to the back end of last year, we beat Chelsea, uh, we beat Man City three times. 
Mm. Right. And the reason, Harry, he didn't press like that in the in the Champions League final is he tried something different because the first two times he did it, it didn't work. They were. I I think that was less of a pep masterclass and more of Tuchel just getting his tactics wrong. Yeah. And you lost James, right? You lost when when James went off. Yes. We lost you, James, you lost that width. That hurt. Putting Aspie onto the wing back. That nah, hurt. big mistake. We, I agree. I but agree. what was it? What was the alternative? There, there really isn't an mm. alternative. For there, the there isn't an alternative, especially without Hudson Odoi on the bench. He's yeah. the only other real right winger we have. So mm. it, that really hurt Chelsea. Um, but you know, what it brings not, to me not, not having Mount that hurt Chelsea. Mount being injured that hurt. Big time. Um, having, if you look, saw the back end of the game, and and you would have, Viv, mate, when Havertz came on playing that ten, we looked a lot better, way better, way better. And- but it also brings to me this whole argument around this whole myth of you know Man City need an out and out number nine to compete because they let me, to. do you still think so? They they only got they didn't look like scoring. That whole game, they didn't look like scoring. Their only goal came from an unlucky deflection off Jorginho's boot. Yeah. That was their only goal. Yeah, you know Mm. what? I I sort of agree with you in that sense is that I I still am of the opinion that they need a striker um, because they didn't look, you know, too much of a threat up front. They obviously bossed the midfield pretty hardcore. But I think, like you were saying, Scotty, the game changed around the 20th to 30th minute. And I think that the Reese James... Um, had a, a real significant impact on the game. That's that's sort of my thoughts. But you know what? If I mean, if you're Chelsea, let's be real. You're going to go through this season and play wonderful football, and at a certain point, this was bound to happen anyway. It's better to get it out of your system against a team like City right now early in the season and then rebuild on that, and hopefully they can continue to, to challenge up the top for the league. Yeah, I think it's unfair to undercook City's performance, and I hate to admit it, but they were they were... Brutally organised, and I thought De Bruyne and Foden were, were stellar, right? And when they get that right, and, you know, look, I, I'm not sold on the whole, we need a £100 million number nine, still looking at that squad. But if you do go and add an out-and-out nine into that team, I don't know about your call last week, Scotty, about them finishing fourth. I think they're finishing a bit higher, mate. What do you oh, think? Mate, I, I want to adjust again. I'm, I'm back on Liverpool out of the top four and Man, Man City into second. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've just had one week where, where I was just, I, I had too much crack. Um, yeah, but now I'm just thinking straight again, just the perfect amount tonight. Yeah. Liverpool Captain, out of the top Captain four. adjustment, we're going to start calling you, Scotty. Unbelievable, mate. <laughs> Every week you just change your opinion. Didn't you follow a completely different football team last week? Uh, yeah, like you and Brentford, mate. Brentford. <laughs> I can't wait to get. I can't wait to get my ten grand off you, Harry. <laughs> oh, mate, I've, I've saved the best. Of, you know, while we're talking about realistic expectations, all right? I'm just going <laughs> to confess this. I was wrong. Ronaldo came to the club. I got excited, just like every other United fan. <laughs> we danced, we sung, we celebrated, we called each other up. Guys, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Let me be honest with you now. I was hit with the, you know, the realistic expectations. We're not going to win shit. Harry. Well, let me finish, Scotty, because this is deep. I was wrong. It's very hard for me to admit I was wrong, okay? (laughs) I am a 100% well-known narcissist, okay? I've never been wrong in my entire life. But now I'll admit that I was wrong about this, Okay. And the thing that just stands out to me, it's just absolutely blatantly obvious, and we all talk about it every week, it's our manager. 
He has no idea what he's doing. And, you know, the, the more I think about it, the more I think of the past. And it's something that came to mind the other day that, that I really want to share with you guys is like, I remember my whole life growing up watching this Fergie era of football. And we never, you know, we never went crazy in the transfer market. We didn't spend stupid money. We, you know, we got the right player at the right time, but we developed so many of our own players. And there wasn't, you know, this this ridiculous talk about, you know, this player has X amount of expectations on him because of the transfer that they that Manchester United have paid. The only one that comes to mind for me is, um, you know, Robin Van Persie right at the end. And we got him on a bargain deal. I, I really believe that. But, you know, Right after Fergie left, all of a sudden, we hit the transfer market really hard and we started spending a lot of money bringing in these high-profile players thinking that they're going to make a difference. And to date, no one really has. I mean, even even when Ibrahimovic came on, um, you know, um, Alexis Sanchez, Di Maria, Juan Mata, it just goes on and on. We spent a lot of money on so many players in this era and nothing is changing in the way we play. Nothing is changing in our ambition to win the league title. Nothing is changing in, in how we, you know, are, are respected in, in world football about being a top, top club. And, I've, you know, I'm going to be real here. I think Ed Woodward has a lot to do with it in his reign. And I'm, I'm going to be 100% realistic and just say, I don't expect Manchester United to win the league till at least 2025 when a new... Uh, managing directors come in and, and, and run the club and change the whole establishment and change Ollie, change everything else, and then maybe we have a chance. But for now, we will not win the league in the next few years. I don't care if we sign Jesus Christ. Jeez, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Oh, no. Well, I tried to interrupt early on and I got told off. <laughs> well, so, look, as the lifelong United fan, I'm going to throw my spin and then I'm going to open the door to Scotty to steam train me. But um, that was a different time, has. And, and I think reflecting on Fergie's era, which is naive at best as football fans, he had the, the class of 92, which formed the core of that squad, come through the youth academy and create, you know, 15 years of legacy. But don't forget, Fergie brought in Cantona for a then, I think, record. He, he, he brought in Rio Ferdinand for then the most expensive defender in history. Yep. He brought in Ruven Nistelrooy and even paid him to sit on the bench for nearly a year with that uh, injury that he had. Correct. Fergie, what Fergie did was he mixed quality with core. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's what we've mixed, what, what we've missed. I think what we've tried to do is essentially build a team of quality and buy quality all over the pitch. And we've had a few bright lights, no questions asked, your Greenwoods, your Rashfords, right? We know that there's quality around the place but not to the extent that we lived through in the, the, the late 90s, right? So it's, I think it's, it's naive of us to reflect on it that way. But you're right. The one thing that's absolutely true is that this United team is devoid of any strategy. They are lackluster. They are spineless and their system is broken. And it pains me to say it. I've followed the club for 35 years and that kills me to say it. We're, we're, we're without a clue. Yes. Scotty, what do you think, mate? I've got a couple of things. First of all, Harry, you spoke for about three minutes, mate, and you forgot to say the one thing you should have started with. What's that? That you're sorry. <laughs> because you saying? told me I'm what on crack for two weeks because I told you, man, United's going to win nothing. 
Sorry, and now I you're agreeing I with me. I mean, I don't owe you an apology. I owe myself an apology that I celebrated so hard after we beat Newcastle United thinking, oh, look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Top of the league, right? <laughs> Mate, I, I've, I've been saying it since the beginning and... I'm definitely on Ollie out for the sake of Manchester United. I think <laughs> you guys are starting to sound a little bit like Liverpool fans did a few years ago. You're yeah. talking about uh, everything that used to be. But the good old days. Up, yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> what are you guys doing now? Really. Like it's, it's, it's not really – it's not a good place for Manchester United to be. And I think if Manchester United are in a bad place, that's bad for the Premier League. They're, they're one well, of the so- few teams that need to be strong. Um, no doubt, for, for the sake of the Premier League, that the support worldwide—they're they're the largest club in the world. Like mm. everywhere, everyone loves Manchester United, and and I think they need to be strong. And until Ollie's gone, um, I don't think they will be. I, I don't think signing another manager now, uh, to your point, Harry, and having Woodward still there will help either. Mm. So yeah, it's, right. it's definitely it's an interesting those, one. It's it's one of those things, Scott. It's like even with business and, and, and you know, workplaces, it starts up the top. You know, you've got to have the right leader up the top with the right vision, the right business practices, the right sort of ethos. And, and that trickles all the way down. And, you know, when we had Martin Edwards in the old, old days and um, who was the other guy? David, was it David, David Gill? Gill? David Gill, man, world class. You know? But hang on, hang on, Has, hang on, yeah. hang on. I've got to throw a challenge to that and it pains yeah. me. So as United fans, we complained and whinged and moaned about yeah. our lack of transfer signings in the, the dry times. Mm-hmm. We, we celebrate from the breaches when Van Hal brings in your De Marias and your Falcows, right? Sure. So, we, you know, it's, it's a fickle place. And then we, we, we can't say that it's rotting from the top when Woodward went out and secured Rafa Varane, who's one of the most lauded defenders of our time, got Ronaldo back into the club, got Jaden Sancho in, who could be one of the best wingers in world football if he got his head right. But we can't. It's I don't. It it, it bothers me that we we want to have our cake and eat it too. I, I'm I'm not I'm not against that Viv, at all, and I completely agree with you. I think, like you said earlier, and you made the best point. This isn't about just buying characters and buying. You know who's the best player in the world? They're going to fix our club. Mm. It, the problem is if, 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 for example, if I was Ed Woodward and I'm sitting up the top having a look and analysing this situation, it would be blatantly obvious to me that something is wrong with the way the team is managed. That's true, right? And 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 that's where you've got to just make that executive decision and say, okay, what are we trying to achieve here? What's our identity? How are we meant to be playing football? What sort of players are we bringing to this club? How are they performing on a weekly basis? Mm-hmm. That's your job to sit up the top and analyze all of these things and then make an, a proper informed decision on who should be leading this club into the future. And mm-hmm. that's where I feel that he's failed because under his reign, we've had David Moyes, um, Van Hal. Jose Mourinho and now Ollie and mate, they all have looked atrocious, every single one of them. And meanwhile, during that time, this, and this is the part that kills me the most, Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Pochettino, Zinedine Zidane, Conte, Ancelotti, you name it. There's been a number of managers that could have come to our club and instead we've wasted the best of 10 years. And at the end of the day, the one thing that's remained consistent over those 10 years is Ed Woodward. And that's where I think the fingers need to be pointed at him and, and he's got to take a lot of responsibility and accountability to this. That's all. Well, bef- bef- look, before we move on from United, one last little thing. I just we, And you boys would have seen my 
volcanic eruption on the WhatsApp over the weekend. But we've just we've just got to go to four three three, right? I don't want to get into the detail of it, but this four two three one garbage. Can we just all agree that we should take it up the top paddock and put a bullet in it because it's done? I'm, I'm definitely yeah, on board yeah. with that, Viv. I think we both <laughs> yeah. said it. If, <laughs> especially when you bring Cavani on and then push Ronaldo out oh, to the wing Lord. as well. Like, <laughs> I couldn't same. believe it when I saw it, mate. <laughs> mate, there's Sunday league coaches that know that's not a system to play, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I just wish we could show the listeners what you drew for us because it was magic and it makes sense. Well, and you know, the, the thing that comes to we, mind... We can check it up on the Twitter, mate. Some homework. Yeah, Look, let me throw some homework out to the listeners, right? Yeah. Go and, go and get on YouTube and just all I want you to type in, listeners, is Juventus, Pogba, Vidal, Pirlo. Just type in those four words and watch the ultimate Italian footballing system come to life, right? You have the Regista at the base of the three. You have your, your, your semi-wide players. It, it's magic. And Pogba was world-class during that period of time. Anyway, I'm going to get off my high, ho- high horse. You've got to go the 4-3-3. Three, three. And... You know, I, I, I was just going to say this one thing that I, I, I remember so vividly, and that was Kante at Leicester City, sitting in that position and, and just absolutely bossing the no midfield. No doubt. And then the second season where he went to Chelsea and the impact that he had there as well. And I even remember the Chelsea team before that in 2015 that had Martic at his absolute peak playing in that position. It makes perfect sense, Viv, what you said. And again, I don't want to spend all the time talking about that, but mate, you're you're absolutely bang on. We we have a problem in 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 the way we're we're playing our football in our style, and that's coming from the manager, and that's also coming from the type of players that we've brought in to play other positions and where we really need them. So, mm. anyway, Scotty, change the topic, man. Let's talk about something else because I'm 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 getting I'm getting depressed. Getting upset, oh, Harry. I'll I'll bring a bit of life back into you, mate. Because I want to talk about Brentford and uh, Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Three three, um, mate. The bees. They're afraid of no one. You know, they, at no stage did they look like they were intimidated up against Liverpool, who are one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League. Did you guys catch the, the game? I, I There was one thing I saw that I want you guys to go back and re-watch, right? Because I had to replay it. I, I, I thought it was like, this can't be too good to be true. They had seven players in the Liverpool box attacking, mm. right? At one point, it was around the 10th or 11th minute, somewhere thereabouts. Seven of their players in Liverpool's box attacking, and 15 seconds later, nine of their players were back in their box defending, right? And and if and the reason I stopped it there and rewatched it is because there seems to be this trend that Brentford is showing about um, this consistency in their in their willingness to just make sure every single you know play is is made to the best of their ability, and they don't care. You know, they they make. I'm seriously, I'm stunned by Brentford. I really, really am stunned by Brentford. And I know last week you guys all ripped into me because I said I think they can win the league. But go and watch the game. And you know, if Ivan Tony timed that run right at the end of the game, they would have beaten Liverpool. Would That's have been true. four three. He was just offside. They're playing great football. Yeah. And, look, and, and, and you know, there are a bunch of sort of no names to some extent. So. Yeah. Look, I think I, I owe an apology to you, Has, because I told you that there's no chance that Brentford win this game, and I also said that they'd get done three 0 Now they did ship three goals, right? Liverpool, their defending from the high cross and yeah. balls into the box was absolutely tragic, Correct. right? Like, let's just be honest. Um, on another day with better organisation, um, I don't think Brentford take a point out of that game, but they deserve 
They deserve everything they got. They put men in the box. They put balls in the box. Liverpool were at sixes and sevens. Allison got made look stupid. He, he still made a couple of good saves too, right? Could have gone either yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, are they the real deal? Maybe. Are they mid-table finishers? Most probably. Yeah. We're not. We're not even talking about Brighton, right? Brighton are sitting what equal yeah. equal second, equal third. Uh, and all yeah. we do is talk about Brentford, but Brighton, the, the real deal. Week, maybe next week we'll do a little piece on Brighton. The, the, the problem is that no one really cares about Brighton, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I think the biggest problem is they, they barely scraped the point against Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they still took the point, didn't they? Well, well it's funny because yeah. Brighton's the only team to defeat uh, Brentford so far, mm. and they did that in the 96th minute or something. And you know they played a great game back. Th- back. I think you know what was you know what was clinical about that Brighton moment, and it's it's Ooh. true, Scotty. They did scrape a point because that if you if you watch the goal, 94th minute keeper launches a flat ball right up the middle of the pitch, which I have no idea why. Instead of just putting it into touch, the ball comes straight back to Neil Morpai. Now Morpai barely touched the ball all game, but he got one chance and he lobbed the keeper from about 25 yards. Yep. And, and I think that that moment. You know, that's the moment that players need to stand up in these teams and, and he took it. You know, like you said, Ivan Tony in the Brentford game could yeah. could have gone either way. Morpay took his chance. I don't like him. I think he's got an attitude problem, but but he took his chance. So, yeah. you know, that's they're an interesting team. We should keep an I think we keep a, a little semi eye on those boys. You know what, Scotty? I think um I think we play the Yao Cup in FIFA twenty two where I pick Brentford and you pick Brighton. How about that? That's a good sounds one. great. Sounds, sounds great. Awesome. Live you know, cast. The, 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 I was going to say, Viv, mate, you got to jump on the new FIFA. It's out this Friday. And... Yeah. You got an Xbox, Viv? Cause Sorry, Harry, boys. Harry, Harry bought a PlayStation, mate. Nah, I'm not, I'm not a video gamer, guys. I'm sorry. I've got uh, two kids and a third on the way, so there's not a lot of time for the old uh, game, oh, yeah. gaming. I'd love to, but it's tough. First of all, first of all congratulations kids, on, on, on the third <laughs> on the way, mate. Well done. That's, that's great news. Thanks, buddy. Um, and, mate, it's four-player, so that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got exactly the right amount of players, Viv. I think this is an investment you need to make. It's funny that I bring up FIFA, right? Because I actually really wanted to talk about FIFA for a second. I saw a commercial on the other day and I, I, I sort of laughed and then I stopped afterwards and thought about it for a little bit and go, you know what? This is crazy, right? Robin Van Persie's in this commercial and, and, and he's doing this voiceover and he's like, people always ask me, you know, do you miss it? He's talking about football, obviously, and he goes, I tell him, no, not even for a second because I'm still involved. And then it's like, you know, it's him sort of playing in this FIFA game. Mm. And and it got me thinking, right, how many of the current generation of, of footballers right now in the Premier League grew up on these video games and how much have they learned about, you know, the dynamics of football and the movements of all these players and how much control they've got on the pitch simply off a video game. And I, I don't know if you'd, if you'd sort of, Look into this, Viv, or have an answer for me. But I'd like—I really like to sort of hear what your opinion on this is. Yeah, man. Look, there's no doubting what esports is doing to sport in general. It, I think it's a very good thing. And if you look at games like Football Manager, um, the complexities and the data and the stats that you've got available to learn about systems. You know, I was talking about the Italian system just earlier. If you go play some Football Manager. Um, you know, by the age of 10, 11, 12, you, you can understand tactics, shifts, presses, you know, all kinds of wonderful and beautiful things about our game. So I'm fully supportive of it. I wish I had the time to get involved. Um, I think it I think it does great things for the sport overall. And there's no doubt that the players, you know, you look at 
you see on social all the time, you know, Premier League players when they get their FIFA card given to them by the EA Sports guys. Yeah, yeah. And they're so pumped. Like I saw Ben Foster on Instagram <laughs> today saying, if I'm a 76, I'm going to be doing backflips, you know. And he got a, he got a 76 and he was so pumped. And, you know, that's, that's good for the game, man. It's good for the kids. Yeah. It's good for everyone. Scotty, what do you think? Mate, I, I agree completely. And Harry, you probably know this a little bit better than, than most, but I, I know a lot of what I know about football because I played FIFA growing up. Um, and <laughs> I never really watched football. Grew up, grew up as a white Aussie in Sydney, so I didn't really play much fo- football. I, you I never would have picked as a white so. Aussie, it's just not, <laughs> it's just not you, you know what I mean? So how did you get into the Premier League, Scotty? I'm interested. Mate, I, I went to England when I was 11 and went and saw a game at Stamford Bridge. Amazing. Um, never never watched a game before that. Um, not not a, an A-League game, not a nothing. And uh, my uncle lived over there. So I went over, saw a game at Stamford Bridge with him. He was a Chelsea fan. He bought me a jersey. Beautiful. And so I decided to go for Chelsea. Who did you see um, that day? Tell me tell me some of the, the Chelsea names you saw that day. Make me jealous. Make you jealous? Uh, God. Drogba? Um, Drogba. Drogba. Drogba was playing. Lampard? Drogba was playing. Lampard's playing. Terry's Carvalho, playing. Terry. Oh, my God. What a team. It's, um, it felt like yesterday. Hey. What a team that was, man. My it God. Was, it was yeah. Jose Mourinho's 05 squad. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That was a good it, it was 2005 when I went. So, Jose Mourinho's the, 05 yeah. squad. Before Peter Cech had the head injury when yeah. he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. true. What a what team. A team. Wow, Unbel- unbelievable team, best Chelsea team of all time. I don't care what Harry says. I think that's yeah, a. Mate, I, I agree. That's a good way to end the show, boys. I think is a bit of a reminiscent moment where we have to end the show thinking about a classic football team. That's a really that's nice a, way to end the end the show. Um, I agree completely, and I think with the last sort of ten seconds I've got, I'll, I want to hear your um, how you got into football as well, Viv. So go on. Oh wow! So um, I started playing football when I was five years old. Um, I remember around the time I started playing football, Manchester United bought a guy named Eric Cantona and football was played on SBS on Saturday mornings and you got one game per week and in my time, you either were a Man United fan or a Liverpool fan because that's who they showed on TV. That's crazy. And uh, my dad's an Norwich fan, um, which is weird, but I, wow. I, I fell in love with the collar pop of the king yeah. and the what he did for football and I, I wore my collar popped that next week in under sixes and uh, football's never been the same for me. It's never been the same for me since, mate. It's crazy because when I was a kid, I had a Spice Girls CD and um, <laughs> I loved them immensely. And when Posh decided to marry a, a certain gentleman named David Beckham, God. I had to follow that football team and here I am. He's the all-time, he's my all-time favourite player. Zidane is my favourite footballer, but Beckham changed the game for me. What a man. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I actually believe that that's really why Harry likes mate, there's no Manchester doubt. United? <laughs> I swear on my life, I'm telling the truth. David Beckham was like, you know, he was the icon. And then I followed, and look, that season that I followed him, they won the treble. So it all lined up perfectly for me. So, um, you know, and also funny that we talk about FIFA because that was the first time I got into FIFA. And it was me banging in hat tricks with Dwight Cole and Andy, uh, sorry, uh, Andy Cole and Dwight York. I I nearly made that mistake. Sorry, gents. Mm. Um, Gents, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Great show. Great chat. I'll see you next week. Awesome talk, boys. Peace, Catch peace. you guys. See you later. Oh, thank you.